chapter 2, verses 13 through 17. Again, 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, beginning in verse 13. But we are bound to give thanks to God always for you, brethren, beloved by the Lord, because God from the beginning chose you for salvation through sanctification by the Spirit and belief in the truth, to which he called you by our gospel for the obtaining of the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, brethren, stand fast and hold the traditions which you were taught, whether by word or our epistle. Now may our Lord Jesus Christ himself and our God our Father, who has loved us and given us everlasting consolation and good hope by grace, comfort your hearts and establish you in every good word and work. I'd like to help you be a little bit better Bible student tonight. And I'd like for us just to spend a few minutes talking about the concept of tradition in Scripture. In the passage that Aldo just read a moment ago, you heard Paul writing to Christians saying, hold fast the traditions which you've been handed down. Let's talk about that. When we gather for worship, on every first day of the week, we have some traditions that we follow. For example, every first day of the week, as you've noticed, we always partake of the Lord's Supper. That's because we received a tradition from God that we're to do that. But we also have, if you count, we have a couple of songs, depending on who the song leader is, and then we have an opening prayer, and then we have another song, and then we have the Lord's Supper, and then we have another song, and then we typically have a scripture reading, and then we have a sermon. That order of service is pretty consistent, it's traditional, and yet there's no place in the Bible where you can find that that's the way every worship service has to proceed. We could mix it up. We could have the sermon first and the Lord's Supper last, things like that. You think about traditions. At the conclusion of every lesson, we offer an invitation and everybody stands and sings the song of encouragement. You don't read about that in the Bible, but it's a good tradition for us to be involved in because we want people to respond to the message of God. We want them to have an opportunity to make known their wishes if they want to obey the gospel or if they want to ask for prayers. And all I'm saying is that when we come together and even in our life together as the body of Christ, there are traditions that we follow. And some of those traditions come from God and some of those traditions come from man. And wise are the Christians, the Bible students, who discern the difference between the two. There's a difference between traditions that come from God and traditions that come from man. And it's good for us to appreciate and understand the difference. As we think about tradition by introduction, first of all, the Greek word that we're going to find at least 13 times in our New Testaments is paradosis. And all paradosis means is something that is handed down either verbally, that is, I can give it to you in you know, oral form, or in writing. So either verbally or in writing, something that's handed down. It's, it's information. It's a, it's a way, a path to follow either verbally or in writing. And when you think about how Jesus related to traditions, and you think about the types of traditions in Scripture, as I've said, there are two broad types. There are, for the, for, in the first place, man-made traditions. 
We're going to look in just a few minutes at Mark chapter 7, verses 1 through 5, but I want you to open your Bibles very quickly to Colossians chapter 2 and look at verse 8. In Colossians chapter 2, verse 8, the church in Colossae was having some trouble discerning what was from God and what was from man. And Paul wrote, warned the church at Colossae in Colossians 2, verse 8, listen to what he writes. I'm reading from the New King James translation. He says, beware, brethren, Colossians 2, 8, lest anyone cheat you through philosophy and empty deceit according to the tradition of men. And if you have the English Standard Version, I believe the translation has human tradition. So beware that you're not led astray and deceived by human traditions, man-made traditions, things that people have invented in their minds and you follow those things, but they didn't come from God. Be careful about that, the Bible says. And then there are traditions from God. The passage we read a few moments ago in our scripture reading, 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verses 13 through 15, talks about traditions that you've received. Turn in your Bibles to 2 Thessalonians 3, same book, and look at verse 6. 2 Thessalonians 3 and verse 6. And notice that Paul writes as an apostle who's inspired by God, and he's telling his brethren to be careful to follow the traditions that he has given them. In 2 Thessalonians 3, verse 6, we command you, brethren, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, that you withdraw from every brother who walks disorderly and not according to the tradition which he received from us. And that us there is the apostles because Paul is an apostle and he has authority as an apostle. And so he's telling his brethren, make sure that if somebody's not following the tradition, that which is handed down from the apostles, make sure you walk, withdraw from him because he's walking disorderly. So there are traditions from men, there are traditions from God. Same Greek word, it's important to discern between the two. Now again, back to Jesus and thinking about his relationship with tradition. When you look at the life of Christ, Jesus, interestingly enough, kept some man-made traditions. For example, in John chapter two, verses one and two, there was a wedding feast at a place called Cana of Galilee, near where Jesus grew up. And Jesus attended that wedding. And there was a big long party and, and all kinds of things that were traditional to the wedding ceremony. And even today when young people get married, there's always a lot of tradition associated with the wedding. The, the bride's supposed to wear something old and something new and, and all those kinds of things. And there's supposed to be you know certain things that happen at the reception that are traditional man-made traditions, okay? And Jesus went to a wedding and participated in that. Now turn in your Bibles, if you would, to John chapter 10 and look at verses 22 and 23. John chapter 10, verses 22 and 23. This would be fascinating homework, and I guarantee you, because I'm saying this, a bunch of you are going to go home and do this, which I appreciate, that's good. But look at this, in John 10, verse 22, the Bible just casually mentions, now, it was the Feast of Dedication in Jerusalem, and it was winter. And Jesus walked in the temple in Solomon's porch. What's the Feast of Dedication? Did you know that you can read the Old Testament and you'll never, you'll never find it mentioned? The Feast of Dedication? It was actually something that began about 165 years before Jesus was born when the temple was restored by a man named Judas Maccabee. And the Bible, uh, the Bible never mentions this feast. And so Jesus is present in Jerusalem. He's part of this, and it had become kind of a national holiday for the Israelites. And he's part of this particular feast. It's a man-made tradition. 
Go research some more on the Feast of Dedication and what all is involved in that. It's fascinating. But notice this. When you read the life of Christ, you cannot escape the fact that Jesus condemned some man-made traditions as well. His apostles on one occasion in Mark 2, verses 23 through 28, were walking through a field on the Sabbath day, and they plucked some heads of grain and began to eat those heads of grain. They were, they were eating food. And the Pharisees came and they said, why do your disciples do that which is not lawful on the Sabbath? But when you read in the Old Testament, they had every right to do that on the Sabbath day. It was just the Pharisees' tradition that had decided that this was unlawful, this was wrong. Turn in your Bibles to Mark chapter 7, look at verses 1 through 5. Mark chapter 7, verses 1 through 5. And notice, if you would, that when Jesus and his apostles sat down to eat, the Pharisees became upset with them. Mark 7, beginning in verse 1, they had come from Jerusalem. And the, the, the Pharisees in verse 2 saw some disciples eat bread with defiled, that is, unwashed hands. They hadn't washed in the proper ceremonial way, according to the Pharisees. And the Pharisees and the Jews, they don't eat that way unless they wash their hands, it says in verse 3, in a special way, holding the paradosis, the tradition of the elders. Mark 7, verse 3. And so they condemned Jesus. And they ask him in verse 5, why do your disciples not walk according to the paradosis, the tradition, that which was handed down either verbally or in writing from the elders? But instead they eat bread with unwashed hands. And Jesus unleashes one of the most scathing rebukes anywhere in his ministry as he tells them that you are hypocrites and Isaiah prophesied about you that you draw near to me with your lips, but your heart is far from me and in vain you worship me, keeping as commandments the traditions of men. So Jesus in his ministry sometimes participated in and took part in human traditions, but sometimes he said, this is wrong. You can't take these things and make them equivalent with God's word. So as Bible students, it's important for us when we see these ideas of tradition in Scripture, it's important to appreciate, is this from God or is this from man? Four parts to our lesson tonight. First of all, we're going to talk about traditions from God. And what I want us to observe this evening is if God hands something down to us, either verbally or in writing, and it's all been written now, it is not optional. We don't have the choice whether we're going to follow traditions that come from God. Jesus spoke about the words that God was going to hand down to the world. On the night he was about to be crucified in John 14, 15, and 16, Jesus repeatedly told his disciples that he was going to send the Holy Spirit and that the Holy Spirit was going to guide them into all truth. There were many things Jesus still had to say to the apostles, but they could not bear them at that point. And Jesus says, the Spirit is going to come, John 16, verses 13 and following. The Spirit's going to come, and when He comes, He's going to bring to your remembrance and teach you all the things that I want you to know. And what you see happening in John 14, 15, and 16 is that Jesus is laying out a way for us to be assured that what we're doing is tradition that comes from God. There's a chain of authority that the Bible talks about. What do we do as God's people? Why do we do the things we do? It's because God the Father gave some information to Jesus the Son. And Jesus took that information and he gave it to the Holy Spirit. 
And the Holy Spirit took that information and he gave it to the apostles. And the apostles took that information and they gave it to the world. That's the chain of authority. The Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit gave this information to the apostles. And that's why it says, brothers and sisters and friends, in Acts chapter 2, verse 42, that after their baptism on the day of Pentecost, those who had been baptized continued steadfastly in the apostles' teaching. Why did they listen to the apostles' teaching? Why did they listen to the apostles' doctrine? It was because they understood, those early Christians, that what the apostles were teaching had been handed down to them from God himself. And it was not optional. If the apostles said, we need to meet on the first day of every week to worship God, that was not an option. That was a tradition handed down from God. If the apostles taught that we are to observe the Lord's Supper on the first day of every week, that's not an option. We don't get to vote or decide whether we're going to do that or not. It comes from God. Traditions from God are not optional. Observing some passages about traditions that come from God. In 1 Corinthians 11 verse 2, the Apostle Paul was writing and he says, imitate me as I also follow Christ. 1 Corinthians 11 verse 1. And then he tells his brethren, I commend you, watch this, because talking to the church at Corinth, because you remember me, Paul, in everything and maintain the traditions even as I delivered them to you. So Paul had been in Corinth, in that city, in that congregation, and Paul the apostle who got his information from the Holy Spirit had been giving these traditions, this information handed down from God to the church. And now he says, you guys are doing great. I commend you because you're keeping the traditions as I delivered them to you. In 1 Corinthians 11, verse 23, same context, talking about the Lord's Supper. I received from the Lord, interestingly enough, what I also delivered to you, that on the night the Lord Jesus was betrayed, he took bread and broke it and he gave it to them and said, take, eat, this is my body, do this in remembrance of me. And he goes on and talks about what Jesus had done and why we observe the Lord's Supper. But I want you to notice, if you're looking at the passage on the screen behind me, that which I also delivered to you. That's the Greek verb paradidomai. Paradosis is the noun, tradition. Paradidomai, something that is handed down. To hand something down in verb form. That which I delivered to you. So Paul is saying... You guys in the church at Corinth are doing good when you follow the traditions which I have handed down to you because I got those things from God himself. Other passages, 2 Thessalonians 2.15. So then, brethren, stand firm and hold to the traditions that you were taught by us, the apostles, either by our spoken word or by our letter. Why should I today read the book of Colossians? Why should I read the book of 2 Thessalonians? Why should I read the book of Hebrews? Because those books came from inspired men who wrote down the traditions that God had given. The things that God had given to the world have been put into written form. If you lived in the first century and an apostle came and you let the apostle stand up and teach the church, which why wouldn't you do that when he came to visit? 
If you let the apostle preach and teach what the apostle was giving to the church were traditions that came from God himself in verbal form, spoken word. But Paul says you hold fast to what you've been taught verbally. You hold fast to what you've been taught in letters. Those are traditions that come from God and they're not optional. In 2 Thessalonians 3, 6 that we looked at a moment ago, those things which are not in accordance with the tradition which you received from us. Again, this idea of information handed down from God. It's not optional. In 2 Peter 2.21, Peter writes about those who've turned away from the faith. He says, it would have been better for them never to have known the way of righteousness than after knowing it to turn back from the holy commandment. And here's that verb form, paradidomai again, delivered the tradition handed down to them. It would have been better never to have known the truth than having known it to turn back from that which was handed down. God has given us information. He's given us his gospel, and we are to hold on to those things. Jude verse 3, contend earnestly for the faith, Jude tells his brethren, which was once for all delivered. Again, that word, paradidomai, it was delivered to the saints. It was given, handed down from God himself to the church. Contend, hold on to the gospel. Don't let anybody tell you differently. If somebody comes and has a different idea or a different gospel, don't believe them. Don't listen to them because traditions that come from God are not optional. The traditions from God, brothers and sisters and friends, that which God has handed down through his apostles has been put in written form in what we know as our New Testament. It is not to be altered. It's not to be tampered with. In Deuteronomy 4 verse 2, Moses warned the Israelites, you shall not add to the word that I command you, nor take from it that you may keep the commandments of the Lord your God that I command you. And again, when you look at the New Testament, in Galatians chapter 1 verse 8, Paul the Apostle writes, even if we or an angel from heaven should preach a gospel contrary to the one we preach to you, let him be accursed. We cannot tamper with or change or alter traditions that come from God. If his word teaches us that we should do it, if it's a commandment or if it's something that we are an example that we are to follow, we cannot change or alter that which God has authorized us to do. Traditions from God are not optional. Now think about this, not all traditions come from God. There are traditions that come from God, things like the Lord's Supper on the first day of the week and the assembly of the saints and things like God's people worshiping together and working together and being holy in their lives. Those traditions come from God, but there are also man-made traditions. And for our second part of our lesson this evening, I'd like for us to spend some time thinking about the fact that man-made traditions, biblically, may be harmful. They may be harmful to your health spiritually. Just think about this. Man-made traditions are harmful when we hold them to be equivalent with God's Word. They are not the same. God has given us His Word, and it is on a different plane entirely from human traditions. In Mark 7, verses 5 through 8, Jesus rebuked those Pharisees. He said, why do, they, they asked, why do your disciples not eat according to the tradition of the elders? And Jesus says, this people honors me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. In vain they worship me, teaching his doctrines the commandments of men. He says, you leave the commandment of God and hold to the tradition of men. 
You see, when we put traditions of men on a plane with God's word, there comes a crisis point when you can't do both. There's going to be conflict somewhere. If you take a human tradition and elevate it to the level of God's word, we've got to do this in order to be faithful to God. There's going to be conflict sooner or later. There just will. And the Pharisees had discovered that. And so if we hold traditions to be equivalent with God's word, they are harmful. Secondly, traditions that come from men, man-made traditions may be harmful if observing them causes a person to neglect or to violate one of the commands of God. If a human tradition causes me to neglect or violate commands of God, it can be harmful. Continuing there in Mark chapter 7, verses 10 through 13. Jesus says that Moses had commanded the Israelites, honor your father and mother. Where'd Moses get that information? It was handed down to Moses by God himself. Remember Mount Sinai? Moses went up on the mountain and God wrote with his finger on those tablets of stone, the law that he wanted the Israelites to follow. What's God doing? He's delivering paradidomai to the Israelites, the traditions he wants them to follow. This is my law. This is my word. These are my commandments. So Moses had taken those commandments from God and he had given them to the Israelites. They were God-made traditions. Honor your father and mother. That's what God wanted to be repeated in the land of Israel all through their days. But you say, Jesus says, the Pharisees, if a man tells his father or mother, mom, dad, whatever you would have gained from me is Corban. Corban's a word that means gift or given. Whatever you would have gained from me is Corban that is given to God. Then you Pharisees no longer permit him to do anything for his father or mother. Thus making void, underlined there on the screen, the word of God by your tradition that you have handed down. And many such things you do. It wasn't just this. Jesus singled this out as one example, but he said, there's a lot of these kinds of things that you Pharisees are doing. These man-made traditions that you're keeping and that you've handed down, that you talk about all the time, they are causing you to neglect and violate what God has clearly commanded you to do. He told you to honor your father and mother, and you're saying that you don't have to do it because you got this tradition that says, if I say it's given to God, then my obligation is released. It's, it's, it's not there. Man-made traditions may be harmful if, they, if observing them causes one to neglect or violate God's commands. How else may they be harmful? If they become mere rituals. Sometimes human man-made traditions can be good, as we'll talk about in just a moment. But even those that are good, they can become mere rituals where we're just going through the motions and our hearts and our minds are disengaged. You think about what Jesus said about prayer, for example. In Matthew chapter 6, verse 7, when you pray... Do not heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do, for they think that they will be heard for their many words. And sometimes people get in their minds that a prayer has to be a certain length or that it has to have a certain amount of content to it or that many words is going to make us more heard than just a few words. And Jesus says those Gentiles, they have that tradition that they follow. But if your heart and your mind aren't in what you're saying, what's the point? So man-made traditions can be harmful if we elevate them to the status of God's word, if we allow them to come into conflict with God's word and obey traditions rather than the word of God, if they become mere ritual, they can be harmful. And we need to think about those things. On the other hand, 
Number three this evening, man-made traditions may be helpful. There are some traditions that are helpful. I believe personally it's helpful for the church. I believe it's helpful for people who are lost to have an invitation song. I believe it's helpful, but it is a human tradition in and of itself. There's nothing unscriptural about it. There's nothing wrong with it. There's a lot of good about it. But think about this. When you read the New Testament, you don't find an invitation song per se. Man-made traditions, though, can be helpful. And it's important for us to appreciate that. So here are some questions that need to be asked. Is this a helpful tradition? Is this something that's going to bring God's people closer to him? First question that we ought to ask about any man-made tradition, does it glorify God? Is God being honored by the observance of this man-made tradition? 1 Corinthians 10.31, whether you eat or drink whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. Secondly, does it show respect for God's word? Are we being respectful about what the Bible says and about what the Bible does not say. Buy the truth and do not sell it, Proverbs 23, verse 23. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God, Matthew 4, verse 4. Does this tradition show respect for God and His Word? Third, is it expedient? 1 Corinthians 10, verse 23, all things are lawful, but not all things are profitable, edifying. You think about this. On the Lord's day, the Lord's day is 24 hours every week. We could, as a tradition, say we're going to move worship to 4 a.m. on Sunday morning. We could say that. That would be lawful. It would not be very expedient because a lot of folks have trouble getting out of bed and getting to the church building by 4 a.m. Is it expedient? It's a good question to ask regarding man-made traditions. How about this? Does it cause people to love each other more and to serve God better? How do people know that we're his disciples? By our love for one another. Does this tradition cause people to love each other more and to serve God better? We're not taking human traditions and elevating them to the status of God's Word, and we're certainly not going to allow God's Word to be altered or changed or ignored or violated by any tradition that we follow. But when we do follow something that might be helpful, is it helpful? Does it embrace and cause people to love each other more? It's a question worth asking and reflecting on. Will souls be lost over this? Jesus talked in Mark chapter 9, verse 42, about how dangerous it would be for someone to cause one of the little ones that believe in him to stumble. You remember? He said it'd be better for you to have a millstone hung around your neck and be thrown into the sea than to cause one of these little ones who believe in me to stumble. And sometimes by human tradition, we may well offend, if we're not careful, the conscience or the sensitivity of someone around us. And so man-made traditions can be helpful, but those questions need to be kept in mind. And then there's this, number four this evening, some principles concerning traditions. I said at the outset, I'd like to help all of us to be better Bible students. It's good to be able to discern what is God-ordained tradition, handed down from Him, and what is a man-made tradition. Here are some principles to think about for all of us. Number one, 
we need to clarify the things that we do, the things that we routinely are a part of. Does this come from God or does this come from man? That really needs to be clarified. Matthew 21, 25, the baptism of John, is it from heaven or from men, Jesus asked. And that's a good question regardless of what we're talking about, spiritually speaking. A second question, or second principle, we are to be respectful of helpful, underline on helpful, man-made traditions. There are some things that people do that are helpful that help honor God, that help people love each other and serve God better. All the things that we just talked about on the previous screen, some things are helpful and we need to be respectful of those traditions. In 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 17, the Bible says that we ought to honor, we ought to give respect and we ought to give worth and a sense of prestige, honor all people and love the brotherhood. I like that. Honor all people, love the brotherhood, love your brother. Be respectful of helpful man-made traditions. I've told you the story before of the rancher that had a new, uh, new ranch hand that came on. He was green behind the ears, wet behind the ears, you know, green as he could be. And he went out and he, he saw a fence out in the pasture. And he didn't understand any, any good reason why that fence ought to be there. He looked all around. The pasture, the fence was just there. And, and so he just started pulling the posts up. And the rancher came out. The foreman said, what are you doing? And this young greenhorn came and he said, well, I just thought this fence didn't need to be here. It doesn't serve any good purpose. The ranch foreman said, don't ever remove a fence until you're absolutely sure you know why it was put there in the first place. And when we think about man-made traditions that are not unbiblical, that honor God, don't remove a fence until you're absolutely sure that you know why it was put there in the first place. It's good advice. Be respectful. Number three, principles concerning traditions. We are to focus on the glory of God, and we are to focus on the edification of God's people. Those things, those twin principles, the glory of God, the edification of God's people, those are to be our priorities. And everything we do together as a body, everything we do individually in our homes, the traditions we have in our homes, all of those things does this honor God? Does it uphold the sanctity of his word? And does this edify, build up people? Those are questions worth reflecting on. Traditions could be from God, could be from men. We need to keep the traditions that come from God. And I want to tell you this tonight. One tradition that God handed down is baptism. God said through his apostles, by means of the Holy Spirit, that those who want to come to Jesus Christ should repent and be baptized for the remission of their sins, Acts 2, verse 38. And if you haven't done that, if you haven't put on Christ in the way that God handed down through the apostles, can we really say that we're following and respecting the traditions that come from God? Maybe you need to do that this evening. Maybe you need to respond and you'd like to ask for prayers. We're going to sing an invitation song right now. Come down the aisle and make your need known as together we stand and as we sing.
trust and obey. Trust and obey, for there's no other way to be happy in Jesus, but to trust and obey. Not